Hashanah. This is the day of the beginning of your works, a commemoration of the first day. So Chassidus asks, as we learned yesterday, uh, it's not the day of the beginning of your works, it's merely a commemoration of the day of the beginning of your works. As the sentence ends, Zikarim Rishon. So why do we call the day at the beginning of your works? So Chassidus answers, as we learned yesterday, that uh, on the first day of creation, uh, God didn't ask us to start the process. Rather, God created the world because of his desire to kindness to us, and because he saw in the future how the pleasure he would have from our Torah and our mitzvahs, and because of the pleasure that he foresaw, so the creation was a product of the expected pleasure he was going to have from us. It wasn't something that um, we elicited, rather it was something that came from within himself. However, every Rosh Hashanah, uh, God asks us to, to, to coronate him as king, to ask him to be our king. So that's why it's, on the one hand, it's like the day of the beginning of creation, where uh, we everything returns back to its original state. There's no um, contract for the divine flow of this coming year. There's a need for a renewal of God's coronation. And that's something that's incumbent upon us, that, that we have to ask God to be our king. So it's called the beginning of your works, because it's something that um, is really starting right now fresh because the energy of the world that was here for a whole year is now is now ascending and now a new energy has to descend. So it is like the first Rosh Hashanah. It is the beginning of your, of your works. But it's only called the commemoration. The first day, it's different. The original Rosh Hashanah, the original Rosh Hashanah, God himself starting a process. And here, it's dependent upon us. That's how Chassis explained this in general. So the question is about why every year is called the beginning of your works. And Chassis answers it's similar to the first day of creation in the sense that there's a total um, uh, removal, a set and ascent of all the divine energy in the world. And now there's a need to restore it. But in this moment, Rebbe asks a different question. The question is, why is Rosh Hashanah called the day of the beginning of your works when it's only the sixth day of creation? They have, the first day of creation was the 25th of El. Roshanah, the first of Tishrei, is day 6. So why is it called the beginning? Not why is this year called the beginning, but why is the sixth day of creation called the beginning? Let's go right to this. This is the day of the beginning of your works, the commemoration, the first day. It's known that when it says in the Torah, the word day, today, it's referring to Rosh Hashanah. The word today is referring to Rosh Hashanah. The meaning of this is the day, instead of it just being a identifying word, this is the day. Which day is it? It's this specific day. The word this is the day doesn't really tell us too much about the day. This is what day? So Chassidus explains, this is the day that brings us this. What is this? This means something you could point out with your finger and say, this is what it is. Everything in the world isn't really what it is. Everything in the world is its divine core. So on Shoshana, there's a revelation of the this, of the true reality of everything in creation. Of the Rosh Hashanah, 
there is a revelation of the essence of godliness. Rosh Hashanah doesn't just reveal to us the divine energy and creation, Rosh Hashanah reveals to us also this, the real meaning of this could only be said about the, about the essence of God. Even, even other worlds have a divine source to them as well. When, you, when we talk about this, we're talking about the core of reality, the essence of Hashem. On Rosh Hashanah, we coronate Hashem as our king, and we affect that there should be a revelation of God's sovereignty in the entire world. The revelation on Rosh Hashanah is in such a way that every creature can sense that you created it. That every creature in this world and how much more so creatures in the worlds higher than this world, like the creatures in the world of Yitzir and Bria, the creatures, the angelic creatures of the higher worlds, certainly Rosh Hashanah, if, we're, if, if every creature in this world is going to sense that God created it, how much more so creatures of higher worlds. And that's the meaning of the, of the sentence. This is the day, what this means is, that this is a day where we can see this. Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is a revelation of Galilee in a vivid way. It's in such a vivid way that every person could point at with their finger and say, this is what it is. So that's the meaning of calling it, this is the day. This refers to a very vivid revelation. It's something that you're able to point out with your finger and say, this is what it is. This kind of revelation is what we're asking for Shoshana, but only be fully manifest with the coming of Mashiach. The creation of the world, the purpose of creation, is the coming of Mashiach. And Rosh Hashanah, which is the focal point of creation, that's the day that God created man, that's when God gave us the ability to reveal Galnis in the world. So this is a day associated with this. This means vivid revelation. What day gives us vivid revelation Rosh Hashanah is the day when Hashem gives us the ability to cause vivid revelation. How so? This explains why Rosh Hashanah is called the day, the beginning of your works, because this is the day when we're able to cause revelation in a way that's vivid, that we could point at and say, this is the revelation, this is Hashem. That's why it's called the beginning of the works. Beginning of, of your works. Why? What is the relationship between the concept of vivid revelation and the beginning of your works. It's customary Rosh Hashanah to mention the names of all the Rabbeim. By the second day of Rosh Hashanah, when the Rebbe would lead it for bringing, the Rebbe would, not just the Rebbe, would, the Rebbe said that we should all mention the names of all the Rabbeim. So in this Mimer, the next uh, sentence, the Rebbe quotes a question that all the Rabbeim asked. If known, the question of the Alter Rebbe, the Mittler Rebbe, the Tzedek Rebbe, and the Rebbe, my father-in-law, the leader of our generation, what's the question that all the Rebbe's ask? The world was created on the 25th day of Elul. And Rosh Hashanah is the day that Adam was created. It's day six. So why is it called the day of the beginning of your works? Not the day of the beginning of your works. It's day six. Another question is, and why indeed do we celebrate Shoshana on the 25th day of El? 
on the six on the uh, day six of creation. If Rosh Hashanah is meant to be the head of the year, so it should have been celebrated on the day of the beginning of creation. Why on day six? Ash Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah is not just a day associated with man, but it says all creatures of the world pass before God like sheep. All, not just creatures, of, not just men and women, not just humans, and not just animals, and not just vegetation, uh, but also inanimate creatures. Every creature in the world is, is, receives its new energy and decision for it throughout the year on Rosh Hashanah. So if Rosh Hashanah is a day which encompasses all of creation, not just man, so why is Rosh Hashanah did God created man? So you have two questions. Question number one is why is Rosh Hashanah on day six on day one? And question number two, how come we call Rosh Hashanah day that's the beginning of your works, not the beginning? It's day six. The answer is what's the whole purpose of God creating the world? Hashem created the world so that so that man with his effort in the service of God should reveal godliness in the world. The revelation should be in such a way that it should be vivid. That everyone should point with their finger and say, this is what it is. When did this become possible? When God created man. The creation of the world was on the 25th day of El. 25 in Hebrew is chafei. Chafei is um, the word so. And every prophet gives prophecy, he says, so says Hashem. What does so says Hashem mean? It's not exactly what Hashem said. It's like what Hashem says. So, like this, Hashem says. Hashem said something like this. Because every prophet, when they gave prophecy, they couldn't have a vivid perception of godliness. They only had a, in the language of the Talmud, they had a translucent glass with which they saw prophecy or in the language of the Rambam. They saw things through a vision, through a uh, parable, through a riddle. So they said, this is something like what Hashem said. Only Moshe Rabbeinu was able to say, this is the word of God. He had a vivid revelation. He had a transparent glass. So the purpose of God creating man is that there should be a vivid revelation of Godliness. It, should, it shouldn't just be something which is, uh, so says Hashem, a revelation which is so clear, but it should be a vivid revelation. So when did that become possible? When God created man. The reason why God created the world is for revelation. And when did it become possible for there to be revelation when God created man? Only man, with his efforts, can cause revelation. So we answer that question. We ask the question, why is day six of creation called the day of the beginning of your works? This is the day of the beginning of your works. The answer is, we're not talking about creation. We're talking about the ability to make this. What day can cause there to be a this? A this means a vivid revelation. Day six. Day six is a day which causes there to be a this. We want there to be this. This means vivid revelation. Point with your finger and say, this is my God. What is the day that allows that to happen? Day six. And that's why um, Rosh Hashanah is specifically on day six of creation because that's what allows there to be the fulfillment of the purpose of creation. And we got it? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. The next page. Please base. To explain the virtue that the world received when God made man, 
first explain the virtue that the world had before man was created. In order to explain the, what, the novelty of what man gives creation, but to contrast that with what the world had before man was created. There was also revelation in the world before, as koi, so says the word of Hashem, means that this is the word of Hashem, so too the 25th day of El means there's something that's of godliness that's revealed, but not vivid. What exactly did the world have before, and what changed through the creation of man? By understanding the greatness the world had before the creation of man, we'll be able to then contrast, and then this will be a pedestal for us to see what man actually achieves far beyond that. That's why many Maimarim of our Rebbeim, they talk about the 25th of El, even though they're Maimarim about Rosh Hashanah, but they specifically discuss 20, the 25th of El because in order to understand Rosh Hashanah, you have to know about the 25th of El. To, to, in order to appreciate what, what, what the novel revelation of Rosh Hashanah, to explain what, what, what was there before. Yehine, let's go, so what was there before? On the first day of creation, God created the heaven and the earth and all of its hosts out of nothing. As it says in the Torah, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the word the, Talmud explains, the heavens and the earth includes not just the heaven and the earth itself, but also all the hosts of heaven, the hosts of earth. That all of the, the, the heaven and earth and all of the creatures of heaven and earth were created on day one of creation. The Even the creatures that the Torah says were created on the subsequent days of creation, the fish and the animals and man, although it says that they were created later on, However, they actually were created in day one as well. Their revelation was subsequent to day one of creation, but their existence began on day one. When were they um, revealed? When was it possible to, to see them? After day one of creation. But, it wasn't, but they already were existing in some way, in, in, some way before. Nachmanides says that God made on day one of creation the... Um, the Chaymer Yuli, he made the material with which to make all creation. In other words, the substance, the 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 the, the, the matter with which all creation was formed was created in day one of creation, and then it was formed on the subsequent days of creation. Let's see the Rebbe's example about man. Even man, the whole greatness of Rosh Hashanah is that's when man was created. So was man really created on on day six? No. What does it say about man? God created man from the earth. God created the earth on day one. So really, God created all of creation on day one. And from the substance that was created on day one, then God formed it and, and revealed it on the subsequent days of creation. Just like man. Man was come from the earth. And then God gathered the earth together and formed the body of man. So... Yeshmi Ayin, something out of nothing was only day one. God 
renewed all creation in the subsequent days. And God continues to renew all, all creation as we learn in Tanya that it's impossible for there to be something that's created of nothing that stays in existence without a constant force. The says in chapter 2 in Shaykh that if you want to do something novel to, to something, you need to have a constant force to, get to, to make it stay that way. If you want to make a, a cup out of, a, out of a piece of silver, so you're not really making anything novel. The piece of silver, you're just forming it. But uh, silver doesn't, doesn't have to have a constant force. However, if you throw a ball to the air, it has to be a constant force because you're, you're, you're affecting a real change in the nature of the ball. So that's true when you just change the side detail of the ball. How much more so if you're trying to bring the, the ball into existence out of nothingness, that there still has to be a constant force keeping it in existence. So there is a creation that's happening every moment, but the creation that's happening every moment is merely a renewal of that was created on, on day one of creation. Day one of creation was the initial revelation of all creation, the initial creation of everything, and that includes everything. And all that was happening in the subsequent days of creation is the formation of it, the revelation of it, but not a something that that's brand new that wasn't there before. The truth is that there's a deeper meaning of the Pasuk Bereshus. Bereshus does not just refer to the creation of the physical heaven and earth. It also refers to the creation of the highest world, the world of Atsilus. Bereshus, in the beginning, refers to the sphere of Chachma. Elohim refers to the sphere of Bina. Heaven refers to the Midas of Atsilus. And earth refers to Malthus. So, why those words refer to those things are not the subject of today, but the, that sentence of creation is not just referring to physical creation, but also the creation of the highest spiritual worlds, including the highest. All this was created on day one. It says in the Medrash, why does God say on day one of creation, it was evening and it was morning one day? Why doesn't it, doesn't he say the first day? Why is it called day one? Say day say day one, as opposed to the first day. So it says the Talmud, says the Medrash, on that day God was alone in creation. What does that mean? The creation on day one was in a way that you could see, and it was obvious that God's alone, that God's one. It wasn't just from God's perspective that God was alone, but even from the perspective of us here on earth, it was clear that Hashem was alone in creation. What was the sentence? God made, said, send ten, ten sentences to create the world. The sentence he said on the 25th of El when God made the world was, let there be light. Through that sentence, let there be light, God empowered the Jewish people through their efforts to give light to the world and to reveal the inside of the world, what's inside the world. The infinite light of Hashem, which existed and exists before creation, and it's the infinite light of Hashem which was unaffected by the Tzimtzum, which is above the Tzimtzum. And the essence of Hashem, which is beyond the light of Hashem. Light of Hashem means a light that extends from Him. There's Hashem, there's Hashem's revelation. So the infinite light of Hashem is merely a revelation of Hashem. But when God said, let there be light, He empowered the Jewish people 
to give light to the world and to reveal the inside of the world, which is the infinite light of Hashem, and not just the infinite light of Hashem, but even the essence of God, literally. The way the world was created, even the way the world was created on day one, it's, this is still hidden. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't revealed. There, there was some feeling of Hashem being alone in the world, but revelation of the essence of Hashem, or the infinite light of Hashem, which is above the Tzimtzum, that wasn't revealed. Next page. It says in the Talmud that on the day of the first day of creation, God brought a light to the world, but the world did not deserve it. The world was not able to use it. So the God put that light aside for himself. That means the light that Hashem brought to the world on day one of creation was beyond the world. As Chassidus explains the meaning of that sentence, he separated for himself. We're talking, we're talking about something which is completely beyond what the world, limitations of the world can handle. So when God said, let there be light, um, So, to understand what's good about the uh, day that man was created, we'll first explain what's great about what happened on the first day of creation. So what do we say? What what happened the first day of creation? First of all, God made everything that exists, number one. Number two, um, God made the higher worlds, made the world of Atsilas. Number three, the creation that existed on day one of creation was in a way that you could feel that all there was is Hashem. God was one in the world. And this, this feeling wasn't just something that, that, that uh, was perceived from God's perspective, it was something that was vivid in the world. When God said, let there be light, he empowered the Jewish people to reveal the essence of Hashem, Hashem beyond creation, to reveal the infinite light of Hashem beyond creation, to reveal the essence of Hashem. That wasn't revealed then, but God empowered us to do this. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the Rebbe is saying at the end of this, at the end of this, this paragraph. And the words of the Maimur are that God brought the list light to the world, and the world couldn't, couldn't use it. it. The world wasn't able to handle it. It sounds like the Rebbe is referring to the infinite light of Hashem. The infinite light of Hashem was brought to the world, and then Hashem hid it. But um, the Rebbe says that on the first day of creation, um, okay, or yeah, or maybe because we know that God created world and created nature, and yet hides what He's doing. The world, even according to basic uh, thought on 
physicality of this. It was a molten this and that. You know, the seeds had to form, the atmosphere had to be created. Initially, there was nothing animate in the world that could could um, understand what God was doing. Elsewhere, Chazal says that the reason why God made light in the first day of creation is because God was saying that... It's a potential. Oh, it was a purpose of creation. Yeah. So, so was it there or not? Well, it's like if you pour molten silver out of a mold, it's there, but you don't realize it's going to become a cup until it cools down, it's hammered and worked. Okay, good, 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 good. That's what I think they were saying. Thank you very much. I think that they were saying that there was a revelation of godliness. Hashem said, let there be light. So there was light. There was a revelation of infinite light of Hashem. There was a revelation of God's essence. But there wasn't something that the world could could reveal. It was true that on the day one of creation, you felt that Hashem was there, and all there was is Hashem. But the revelation, the infinite light of Hashem before the Tzimtzum, revelation of God's essence, that was something that Hashem said, let there be, but it wasn't something that the world itself was a vessel for. Right. And that's what a man is supposed to, to achieve, that he's supposed to bring back this light. As God said, the world can't handle it. So, so God's saying, let, yeah, this should be light. That's the goal. But the world wasn't able to use that light. Why not? Because the world's not a vessel for this light. So it seems like Hashem said, let there be light, and something happened, and then Hashem hid it. So it, seemed, it sounds like it was, like you were saying, it's superimposed, or something that Hashem brought there, but it wasn't something that the world on its own could handle. And man, through, through the creation of man, now it's possible to bring that, that revelation of the essence of Hashem, and the infinite light of Hashem, to be there, um, to be able to con- be contained in, in the world. So, in a recognizable way. Yeah. In a recognizable way. So it was recognizable when God made the world that Hashem was alone. Of course. But the revelation, the infinite light of Hashem, the revelation of God's essence, that's something that, that God said, let there be. And there was temporarily, there was such a experience, but it wasn't something that, that, that um, the world could contain. I think that's what he's saying. Um, any questions, comments? All right. So bottom line is, what we've done today is that the reason God made the world is in order that there should be this. This means vivid revelation. Elsewhere, Chassidus says the only way to cause revelation in the world is, is through Simcha. It's impossible for a mitzvah to cause revelation unless the mitzvah is done with Simcha. L'chaim, l'chaim. Oh, yeah. Question, question. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we say that it's the bris of the covenant that he remembers that allows the world to continue going and why he continues and brings down this higher light. So is it is the the covenant in that essence level, higher than that? Like, I'm getting lost. You're talking about what we learned yesterday you're talking about. Right? We learned yesterday? Yesterday we learned that God makes a covenant with, with us, and because he makes a covenant with us, therefore we ask him matters. That, that's from yesterday. Yeah, the yeah co- but it's, it's along with what we just said now also. It's with that higher level, that, that level of light that the world is not able to withstand initially oh. that it can only bring that level down when the world is a keli to be able to fit that higher level, which is the higher light that comes down every year, every new Rosh Hashanah. So is the bris in that higher level that he goes back into himself to realize, okay, I'll continue bringing down this light? Yeah, the, bris is, the bris is for sure an essence of Hashem. No question about it. Yeah, and then we're breaking down essence. Where in essence is the, is the, is the level where he consulted with the Shabbos in order to to create the world? Is it lower than that level? It, it, it sounds like where? a pil- pilpul. And speaking of pilpul, it's time for Dr. Amy, so I gotta go. We <laughs> continue. <laughs> Sorry. It's a very deep 
Hansen.